want to introduce my message in kind of a different way today. Normally, I would just read the scripture, be seated, and start teaching. But I want to tell you that, that when I close my eyes sometimes, when I come out here to minister to you, I picture that little church in Monk's Corner, Santee Circle Baptist Mission, it was called. When I first got there, they had not even chartered as a church yet. They were a mission of First Baptist Monk's Corner, and it met in the Woodman of the World building. In, on the outskirts of Monk's Corner. Some of y'all don't even believe there, there are outskirts of Monk's Corner. You thought Monk's Corner is the outskirts, but this was outside of town. Uh, and people, people would come out there, not too many, it was only about 50 people when I got out there. But it was interesting because the way God called me into ministry in some parts was practical because Pastor Mickey White of... Uh, I guess Pastor Mickey, what is he, 73, 74? He, he called me to preach because he couldn't afford a real youth minister. And he saw this fired up 16-year-old for Jesus Christ. And so he asked me, would I come and minister to his youth? And I said, yes. And I want to tell you something as we talk about this series available and as we prepare for our big offering on December 7th and 8th. How many are excited to give in our year-end offering? Amen. For expansion and outreach, December 7th and 8th. Our EFAM around the world, let's welcome them. Our, all of our campuses, our 19 locations. Yeah. But I told Pastor Mickey that I would work with the youth, and then he gave me, he said, well, since you're going to be here working with the youth, we also need a hymn leader, a song leader. And I grew up in the Methodist church just down the street. Actually, the Baptist church and the Methodist church were right across the street from each other. And so it was a contest to see who could get out first to go to the restaurant. <laughs> that was kind of the, the goal, to beat the Baptist to the Berkeley restaurant in Monk's Corner. But he said, will you lead the songs too? And um, again, not that I'm a good singer. I was just available. You see a, a theme here? So since he already, he kind of is a little bit of bait and switch. Will you work with the youth? Will you lead the songs? Well, the thing was, this, the hymns that they had at the Baptist church were a little different than the Methodist church. In the Baptist church, they would sing these choruses. And I had to learn all of those choruses because I didn't know them. I knew all the uh, Green Day and Nirvana and Hootie and the Blowfish choruses. And I was, I was in a conversion process from Methodist to Baptist, from flesh to spirit, and all at the same time. So anyway... Um, it was intimidating because Pastor Mickey would always stand in the back of the room while I was leading the choruses before he would come preach. And if he didn't like the way I was leading them, he would walk in and stop me and take over. So I always felt like I was auditioning all the time. And um, one thing he really couldn't stand is if you were leading it too slow. So if he thought it was dragging, he would just come from the back of the room. Big guy too, a six foot Let's make him real tall. Six foot ten. You're never going to meet him. But he was a big guy, a real intimidating guy to me. And he had the shocking white hair. And so he would, he would come up and he would start clapping at the tempo that he wanted the song if you weren't on it. I'm going to start trying that. Just walk up here and start clapping. Y'all probably take me to the, to the mental institution if I did it. But he would start clapping. And it was a small church, so it would just dominate the whole room. And I was leading this hymn one time called Yes, Lord, Yes. Do any of you know this uh, chorus? It's a chorus. It's not a hymn. And, and it says, Yes, Lord, yes, to your will, into your way. 
yes, Lord, yes. You got to picture me. I'm like 16. I got this triple XL Tommy Hilfiger shirt tucked into my, into my dockers. And I'm up there and I'm trying to lead the music and I'm just waving my hand like this. I had no idea what I was waving to or for, but I, I had seen it done. I'm up there just leading the, and I'm going, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me. With my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Back of the room, I start hearing. And he walks up and he goes, let's put some pep in our yes. And he started singing it so fast. It was like speaking in tongues. It turned, it turned the Baptist church into a Pentecostal campground. He starts saying, yes, Lord, yes, to your will. And, to, and, and everybody's clapping on the, the, the one and the three like white people do. So here's what I want you to do. Turn to the person next to you and, and tell, them, tell them this. Say, ask them a question for me. Just say, does God have your yes? Does God have your yes? Holy Spirit, I pray that our time together would be absolutely meaningful and that we would never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. God bless you. I'm full of anticipation about what God might speak. Um, in this time together. How about you? Come on, it's easier to cook for people who are hungry. How about you? First, excuse me, Second Corinthians chapter 1 is uh, our selection for today. And Holly, I think I finally got it right. This is my third time preaching it, and I made a new outline each time, so. is defending himself to the church that he started. Ain't that a thing? Having to argue with something you made. You don't want to throw your kids across the room? <laughs> but they reached a little disagreement. Now, he's coming to collect a special offering for the church at Judea. And he doesn't really talk about that until chapters 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians. And I shared from that scripture last week. But this week, we've seen his introductory comments that Paul, who was called by God to be a, an apostle to the Gentiles, is being contested by some people within the church that he started. And he's explaining to them why he had to change his plans from what he intended to do to what God purposed. And the verses that I'm about to read are his defense of his change, his, his contingency plan, you should say, because he told them, I'm going to come spend 18 months with you. But then he didn't. The plan changed. And some people, because the plan changed, were saying that Paul was the fickle apostle. They put a definite article on it. He's the fickle one. Now, this is not his first year of ministry or his apprenticeship. So he's writing back to them. And there's a little bit of sauce on his response. As you will see in verse 15, he says, Because I was confident of this, 
basically because I thought we had a relationship. Basically because I thought you knew that I don't just move according to what I feel, but I operate according to God's purpose. Because I was confident of this, I planned or I wanted at first to visit you so that you might benefit twice. Okay? Hold that in, in, your, in your mind for a moment. He said, I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and then to have you send me on my way to Judea. So here's the question. Was I fickle when I intended to do this? Or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that, excuse me, my iPad is trying to give me a wallpaper option and I don't want that. I just want the verse right now. Okay. You version is doing too much at the moment. Um, or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say both yes, yes, and no, no. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, meaning me and Silas and Timothy, all the heavy hitters passed through Corinth. It was an influential station for the gospel to go forth. And I believe that Elevation Church in this season in the earth is an influential meeting of people who are redeemed by the blood of Christ, who are willing to take the gospel beyond our little walls and our little suburbs and our little farms and hamlets and communities and apartments and beyond our hearts and to give what we have been freely given. And he said the reason that God sent all of these people was to demonstrate his faithfulness. And no matter how many promises God has made, verse 20, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Would you mind if I went back for a second helping of verse 20? He said, no matter how many promises God has made, if he said he would bless you, if he said he would heal you, if he said he would forgive you, if he said he would make a way for you, if he said he would carry you, if he said he would turn it around, if he said he would redeem you, if he said he would restore the years, if he said he would use you, it's still a yes. If God said yes, is yes and through us is the amen to the glory of God so I want to speak to you today for a few moments about the second yes yes Lord yes the second yes what a revelation it is is anyone in here engaged to be married your hand went up before I even asked the question somebody shouting over here but I saw you first Engaged to be married. Yes. To him. No. He's back there? He's serving. That's a good when you find a man that serves God. I mean, I'm telling you, because what 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 is sexy? Uh, over time is steady. Matter of fact, did you notice how nobody clapped for you when you said you were engaged? <laughs> nobody clapped. I don't know if you noticed. When you have your 10-year anniversary, we'll clap. But we're happy for you. What's your name? Jordan, you serve in E-Kids. How old are you? 27 years old. How old is he? 28. This is a match made in heaven. So how did he propose? 
just the short version. In the apartment, and he said, and you said, but today she said yes. I want to talk about the second yes. Did you ever see the show? They had they had a show called Say Yes to the Dress. This is Say Yes to the Mess. How many know I'm right about this already? You don't even know what this scripture has to do with the illustration. But it's the second yes. Because really, you don't even know what you said yes to yet. So, well, y'all are responding a little overly enthusiastically to that. I'm not sure who you're going home with, but... You don't know. When you say yes, you don't know all of the blessings. I promise you, Holly did not know that she was saying yes. There, there, there is a sense in which she didn't know she was saying yes to all of the, I guess you could say, the opportunities that God would open doors for us when she said, oh, sure, I'll be your wife and we'll serve God together. You know, he kind of say yes. And then God is... I don't want to say he's tricky, but he's just selective in how much he shows you. When, when you say yes, when you say yes to a person, some of you, when you said yes to come to church here today, you had no idea what you were getting into. I can see you. I, I, I know your type. You're looking for the exits at all times. And it's, it's like, you don't, you don't really know what you said yes to yet. And so when I said, yes, I'll serve at Santee Circle Baptist Mission, I, I couldn't have known, you never can know what you're saying yes to yet. And when we say yes to Christ, when we say yes to salvation, yes, I want my sins forgiven. Yes, I, I want a relationship with God. Yes, I want to live by faith, not by sight. Yes, I want reconciliation with my creator. Yes, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. When, when you say yes to God, there is a respect in which you don't really know what you're saying yes to until much later in the process. And, and every step that you take in following Christ, every step, every, every yes leads you to a greater understanding. And sometimes what that means is that you sign up for one thing and then you have to experience another and that requires surrender. Now y'all, I'm not a guest preacher at this church. I'm the pastor. And every once in a while, God will put a message on my heart that I believe is intended by the Holy Spirit to challenge you in an area where you have settled. The fact is, many of us have said the first yes to Jesus, that we want to receive the blessing of his forgiveness. But when it comes to the second yes, which is the process of sanctification, by which he makes us more like Christ, many of us are, 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 are stuck in the first yes. This is not a message about the first yes. Because remember, Paul was called by God to be an apostle. He was called by God in a very remarkable way when God knocked him off of his horse 
on the road to Damascus where God interrupts him in the middle of his regularly scheduled programming to persecute Christians and says, I'm going to have you preach to the same people you were going to persecute. If you ever want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Ha, 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 ha. You hear God laughing at what you thought it was going to be. And so Paul is having to explain this principle. Write this down. God's yes is settled. God's yes is settled. So when God says yes, he doesn't say yes like you said yes when somebody asked you something and you just wanted them to shut up. So you told them yes, so they would leave you alone so you could text them later. Paul said, God is not fickle like people. He's faithful. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. God is faithful. And before you even make the mistake, he said yes to forgive you. Before you even found yourself outside of his will, he said yes to bringing you back in. So there is nothing you can bring before God today. I feel the Holy Spirit. There is nothing you can bring before God today in the name of Jesus in agreement with his will that he will not say yes to. For the scripture says that as many any promises as God has made, the answer is already yes. Some of you are wondering in your heart, God, I made a mess. Can you clean it up? It's already yes. God already said yes to clean up your mess before you ever made it. And here's why. God is not like people. People are fickle. God is faithful. Have you ever had a fickle friend? A friend that made plans with you until a better plan came along? A friend who was hanging out with you until somebody who was cooler called my son Graham asked me the other day he said something interesting he said if you did and he I don't even remember what he said but he said if you said this from the pulpit would you get canceled <laughs> and I don't remember what he even the example that he brought up but I just thought the question was funny and I thought for a minute and I had this realization God called me because we live in a cancel culture. And so the moment that somebody does something that we find disagreeable, that does not con conform to our image of what we thought they should be, we have the nerve to talk about that, that we canceled that celebrity or we canceled that person. And so what I said back to Graham, I want to say to some of you, uh, man can't cancel what God called. I'll say it again on behalf of Paul. Man can't cancel what God has called. When God called you, he knew exactly what he was getting with the package. You don't know what you said yes to yet. But God knew what he said yes to when he accepted you. So here's the question. If he accepted you unconditionally, then what sin, what shame, what mistake, what misdirection shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? I came with an announcement. They didn't create you. They can't cancel you. Man can't cancel what God called. If God called you, if God is for you, he's more than the world against you. Preach verdict. Preach it. 
Preach it for the people who feel like they went too far. If God formed you, called you, raised you, and set his seal of ownership on you. I'm going to preach a follow-up sermon on that point. But for now, I just need you to know that when God says yes, he means yes. He meant it when he said it. He knew it when he said it. He was able to foresee it even when he spoke it. 